I want to talk to you this morning, and I'm really, I'm excited about this, about what the Lord has been sharing with me as far as a continuation of Orchardville Church and the direction of Orchardville Church. If, I'm just going to kind of share my heart with you just for a moment. The Lord has placed a great call on Orchardville Church. And, and when I say that, I'm not talking about the pastor of the church, or I'm not talking about the staff of Orchardville Church. I'm, I'm talking about Orchardville Church. You know, you, you, the individuals that make up Orchardville Church. And God has placed a great call upon Orchardville Church. He has blessed Orchardville Church with uh, so many talented individuals and all the way from the music uh, to, the, uh, to the staff to the, uh, the Sunday school teachers to the facilities to an awesome camp to an awesome, and I could say awesome like 10 times when it comes to our children's ministry. And, and we have some great things coming up uh, concerning the modified youth and possibly even the, the middlers and stuff. We got some great things coming up. Uh, concerning that. But you know, I'll tell you, I learned a long time ago with great calls come great responsibility. And just because someone is called or just because a congregation is called does not mean that they will fulfill that call. There are all kinds of opportunities to mess that call up, to discourage us, to discourage, and it don't matter what position you're in, if, if you teach the little children, the devil would like nothing more but to discourage you and keep you from teaching the little children. And if you're on the praise team, the devil would like nothing more but to discourage you and, and, uh, and to get you off focus of what the real ministry is. And, and same way with the staff. But every, and no matter where you're at in Orchardville Church, the enemy wants to distract us. But I want to share something with you that, I, that the Lord showed me a long time ago when it comes to callings and giftings. And I, and, it, and I tell you, I, I truly believe that this is completely from the Lord because I, I was not planning on mentioning this at all this morning. It is not even close to what my sermon is about this morning. But the thing about a cause and fulfilling your walk with the Lord is that it's not for you. If you are called, okay, I, God called me to preach. Well, let me tell you, it has nothing to do with me. It's not for me. It's for the body. If God has called the praise team to raise him up and usher in the presence of God, it's not about them. It's not for them. That call that rests upon them is for the body. If you work with the youth, if you work with any area that you volunteer, that call that, that you are fulfilling, it's not for you. 
is for all of those that you serve. And if we can just keep that in our mind, and I'll tell you, it's not easy to keep that in mind. I have struggled with that. (laughs) I won't say every day, but I've struggled with that for like once a week ever since the Lord showed that to me. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about you. Because we all want to make it. It's about me, right? It's about me, right? No, no, it's not about us. But it's about him and it's about walking out what he's called us to do. But if we can stay focused on the direction that he's wanting to lead us individually, that's where we'll find our fulfillment. That's where we'll find, ha, ha, That's where we'll find our, ah, yes, just our peace, our comfort, our joy. That's where we find a spot where really nothing else matters. Yeah, my car broke down. (laughs) Yeah, the bills are due. (laughs) If we can just find that spot. Yeah, the Cardinals got beat. Eh. I'll tell you one even harder to fall than that. The Cubs winning. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I encourage you. If the Lord has you serving somewhere, <laughs> it's not easy. What I'm asking you to do is not easy. But, so, you know, but get, the Lord wants us to grow up. We have to grow up to accomplish. We have to grow up. The body of Christ all across America. We have to grow up so we can accomplish what God has for us to do. To usher in the last days. To do greater works. Not John 14, 12. To do greater works than what Jesus did and fulfill that scripture. We have to grow up spiritually. So I encourage you, if you can just wrap your mind around that, that wherever you're at, wherever you're serving, it's not about you specifically, but it's about those that you serve. Amen. Amen. Doc Harrison, you and your bride, good to have you. Raise your hand real quick. They have been way down in, in Texas slash Mexico and doing a, doing a great work for the Lord down there. So we're so thankful to have them this morning. If you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to the book of James, James 4, 13 and 14. James 4, 13 and 14. I heard Pastor Mark say one time that you're supposed to repeat the scriptures three times and the way he knew that is somebody that went to seminary had told him that so I'm going to say it three times because someone that heard someone that went to seminary said that all right James 4 13 through 14 small beginnings small beginnings I'm going to talk to you about three different things today oh my goodness The praise team already took up too much time this morning. We're going to have to shut you guys off. I want to talk to you about three different things this morning. The first one is life is fragile, and we'll look at Scripture and life events that shows that. The second is small beginnings, and we'll look at Scripture and life events that shows that. And the third is we can change the future. And we'll look at life events and scriptures that show that. And you might be wondering, well, out of 
life is fragile and small beginnings and changing the future, how did I? The reason I chose small beginnings is because it sounded better than the rest of them. That's why I chose it, okay? So if you got your Bibles, James 4, 13. And this is in the book of James. James is talking about our natural lives. It's going to talk about doing business here, but you could add anything else into this category that you wanted. So let, let's read. And it says, come now, you who say tomorrow, today or tomorrow we'll go and do such and such at such city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. For you're like a vapor that appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. Now us humans, you know, we always like to plan things out. We like to, we like to know what we're going to do tomorrow, what we're going to do the next week, the next month, even the next year. And we should do that. But the truth of the matter is, we really don't know what will happen tomorrow or next week or the next year. That's where I mentioned a few weeks ago. We don't have a clue what tomorrow brings, but we can know where we'll spend eternity. We can know that. Where are you going to, do you have a job? Maybe you don't even have a job and you don't know what you're going to do tomorrow. You don't have to have a job and you don't have to know about tomorrow, but you can know about your eternity by putting your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I want to share uh, a short testimony from Fred Mooney. And of course, they're gone today, but Fred shared this experience with me that he had had when he was in the service, when he was serving his country and his countrymen. And I wanted to share that with you. And I'm going to read parts of this. And he says, as a child, I listened to lots of sermons on deathbed conversions. And my idea was that I'd have all the fun I wanted. And I went, when I got old, I would become a Christian, probably on my deathbed. Is there anyone here that has not thought that way? I did. <laughs> I did. I mean, is there anybody here that hasn't? Yeah, when I get older. <laughs> yeah, when my, when me and my buddies grow up. Yeah. He goes on to say, I witnessed something in June of 1974 that blew that theory away. While on the USS Ranger, I saw a helicopter hit a heat-sinking missile during an air show for some Washington VIPs. The helicopter instantly exploded, killing all of the crew. They never knew what hit them. I realized then that you don't always have time to make a decision to get right with God. And after reading the Gideon's Bible, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I've never stopped serving him since. Fred Mooney. Amen. Now, let me tell you, that wasn't, yeah, that was a tragic accident, but let me tell you what that also was. That was life. Because life is so fragile. 
On the way to Orchardville Church this morning, me and my family was just driving along, and, and oddly enough, we was driving the speed limit. And... <laughs> Can you edit that oddly enough out of there? Okay, thank, thanks. And I look up and here comes this van and they, they look, I seen her. She looked that way and she started to pull out and about that much of her car was out in my lane and then all of a sudden she hit the brakes. I thought, huh? And my wife don't see very well and anytime I go, huh? oh, she really goes, huh? Because she knows, she can't see, but she knows that whenever I do that, she knows it's not good. Because <laughs> I'm somewhat toughened in. But she... Our life could have changed this morning. Your life could change today. Now, I hope and pray that the majority of you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, but for the ones that don't, I encourage you, you need to make that decision today. But my main point this morning is that our friends and many of our family members do not know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. And their lives can change in an instant. In James, this is the New American Standard, it says just a vapor, that's what our life is like is a vapor. What did I do with that? There it is. Our life is a vapor. Other translations say a mist. A mist or a vapor. Now I want you to notice this. Notice this. This is what our life is. Did you see that? You better, you better look close. This is what our life is. That is not an empty can. This is what our life is. And here's why. Because if you are on this earth for five years, or 10 years, or 20 years, or 90 years, your life is a mist or a vapor. You know what, what, what amazes me is, many times if you talk to young people, Many times if you talk to young people, you know, they're, they're bored and their life is, you know, and they don't have nothing to do. And, but then when you talk to senior citizens, it's like, man, my life went so fast. And I, for one, can tell you that I'm to the point where my life is going really, really fast. But that's what our life is, and it's very important. I, tr I truly believe that, that, that as believers that we, we should live by these three things this morning. We should live and know and make sure that we, our actions line up with this biblical truth that life is fragile. And we should look at the biblical truth and believe that small things are, are, are great. It's in small beginnings. You cannot despise small beginnings. 1 Corinthians 15, 51, the Apostle Paul, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Notice that it says we'll all be changed in the moment, in a twinkling of an eye. You just twinkled your eye. And all will change. 
See, we have to keep that in mind when we talk to our friends and our family members. We have to keep that in mind when, when, when we think about where they're going to spend eternity. We've got to focus on that. That life is fragile. The second thing I want to talk to you about is small beginnings. Almost everything on earth started small. Do you even realize that even when God created the heavens and the earth and human beings and everything that's in the earth, he could have done that in one day? He could have, but he chose not to. He chose to take six days to do it, and yet the God of the universe, he could have done it in one day. Does anybody doubt that? Absolutely not. He could have done that. Not one day, not two days, but six days. Now, it's the same way is true with our lives. The best way to become a wise person that makes wise decisions is to start making little bitty wise decisions. Little bitty ones. And if you'll get in the habit of making little bitty wise decisions, and then when a big decision comes your way, you'll be more likely to make a wise big decision. Oh my. If we could all just, when it comes to a big decision in our life, if we could just step back. If we could just step back and think just for, just for a few weeks or, or, or just, you know, j- just for maybe a month before we made that big life-changing decision, we'd be so much better off. Getting close to God's the same way. How many, Tim Conway, who likes Tim Conway? Man, you guys, this is an old bunch here. I didn't realize you guys were so old. I guess you're about my age, aren't you? Anyway, Tim Conway. (laughs) Anybody ever seen Tim Conway do that? Oh my goodness, it's the funniest thing ever. But see, it's the same way with God. When we get closer to God, let me tell you what I found out in life. This is not how you get closer to God. You don't run and then, oh, I got closer to God. Yeah, that's not the way it works. It's like Tim Conway. It's little bitty steps, little bitty decisions each and every day. And then a month later, you realize, wow, hey, I'm closer to God. You realize a month later, two months later, you realize, hey, I'm making wiser decisions. You realize small beginnings. Do not despise small beginnings for the Lord rejoices When the work begins, that's what we're all about. That's what we have to do. I mean, just think of Orchardville Church. I mean, how many, it started in a basement. Hey, what do you call a basement with no top? With no upper floor. Is it really a basement? Okay, it was a one-room building that was in the ground. Okay, it didn't have a top, did it? Linda, it did have a t- it had a roof. Did it have an upstairs? It didn't have an upstairs. So it was a one-room building that was in the ground. That's where this place started. 
I, I tell you what, if there's anybody that should be able to grasp the importance of small beginnings, it's Orchardville Church. Amen. Right? That's right. Jesus tells us in Luke 13, 18, he says, what is the kingdom of God like? Now, now notice this. Well, aren't you, don't you want to know what the kingdom of God is like? And Jesus makes it so simple here. And then he says, how can I illustrate this? And then he said, it's like a mustard seed that a man plants in the garden and it grows and becomes a tree. And the bird makes nest in the branches of it. So let me give you an idea. A mustard seed uh, in, in, in that time, in that region of the country, was the smallest seed ever. If you had some in your hand, you might have a hundred of them in your hand and not even hardly know it. If you had a hundred of them in your hand and just and took your breath and barely blew it, that they might, you might blow them all away and, and not be able to find any of them. That's how small a mustard seed was. But yet, Jesus says... The kingdom of God is like a tiny, tiny seed that if it is sowed, if it is planted, it will grow to the extent that birds will make their nests in it. And then he goes on, if we, if we studied the scriptures a little more, we would see that the words that we put out to our friends, to unbelievers, to people that don't know the Lord, they are seeds. We are planting, we, we have the opportunity to plant seeds in people's heart, in unbelievers' heart with our words. We have that opportunity. And yet they seem so little and insignificant. I'm here to tell you today, they are not little and insignificant. They might be the size of a mustard seed and they might be insignificant to you, but they're seeds of life. And God has so empowered them that they contain so much power that they will penetrate a person's heart and it will penetrate there and it might sit there for a month, maybe a year, maybe even five years, but there comes a time where that seed will sprout. I've heard it time and time again. Of course, you've heard me talk about Talk about my, my, my friend Bear. I would witness to him and he had, he had scrudgy shoulder. He said, I don't want to hear that stuff. Boy, I wish you wouldn't talk to me about that, he'd say. But you know what? It didn't matter if he wanted to hear it or not because I was speaking words of life and sooner or later they grew and then finally he received Christ. You know what I wonder? I just wonder, when we get to heaven, we'll know. Of all the little words that we spoke, maybe even 10 or 20 years ago, and they might, you might only have met them one time. You might, have only, you might have only known them for one semester in school, and then they moved away. But I just wonder about that one seed, what it grew into. That one seed. Third thing. I want to share with you. Stay with me just for a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Is that we can change people's future. You see, we have the power to do that. Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16, it says, For the gospel is the power of God. Whose power is it? The gospel 
is the power of God for salvation. See, you don't have to save them. You just got to sow seed. You just got to water seed. You just got to get that seed out there. And, And this judgment house is a great opportunity for us to do that. Change the future of our family and friends and and people that we encounter throughout the day. And this is very important. If you're a born again child of God, you already have what it takes to change somebody's life. You already got it. Because your life has already been changed. Your life has already been transformed. And because you know the spirit of the Lord. So when you just say just a, just a few small words, you're, you're planting seed, but you ha- are enabling that person's here and now and their eternity to be changed forever. Change forever. We can change people's worlds. Pastor Scott, you get ready to come here in just a moment. I want to share briefly uh, just a part of a testimony of Ben and Marcy Caldwell. And they're very good, very good friends of ours. Uh, I really appreciate them. And Ben, for, for a long time, while well, he was the territory sales manager for Napa. <clears throat> and what that means is he would come in, to, he would come to me and he'd try to sell me more parts than I really needed. Is that, that was his job, okay? So he would try to come and sell me more parts than I really needed or wanted, but that was his job. And then, so the whole time he was doing that, well, I was trying to sell him Jesus, okay? So, so and this is just how the Lord works. So then, over at Fairfield, there was a, a Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames, and it just so happens his son wanted to go. They end up going two times that week. And they used, to, they, they used to go from ride their motorcycles from bar to bar. And if I was to read his entire testimony, he would, he would say since that Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames commitment, they've never entered a bar since. Small, small, seemingly insignificant seed that was placed inside of him. Insignificant seed where God used his son to change their lives. And now they have three adorable little foster girls. And their words are, their dreams have come true. Come ahead, Scott. Pastor Scott and, uh, and his wife, Angie, they have, uh, they have agreed to help us volunteer for uh, Judgment House. I'm very thankful for that, and he's got something he wants to share with you. Good morning. This endeavor of Judgment House, the greatest thing this church could ever think about doing. Think about this. This young man here, I'm talking about me, at the age of 40 years old, did not know Jesus, had never been taken to church by his mom and dad, uh, didn't know people cared. Now let me tell you something, nobody cares a thing about you 
until they find out how much you care. And as soon as they find out how much you care, you can take them anywhere. A loving church over there named the Brick Church, probably 30 people in that church this morning, still doing what God had had them to do. Loved me enough to start praying for me. Folks, you need to be praying for your neighbors. I was a neighbor for four years. I didn't even know the church was there. I lived in that community for 20 years and never knew that church was there. But they loved me enough to pray for me. And then they got my daughter into, into Bible school. Well, all good dads go to Bible school. They follow, they, want to, they love their children. It went on, and they invited me to a judgment house. Well, I had no idea what a judgment house was, but I was kind of liking what they was doing, and they was always eating. <laughs> always. And they said, why don't you come and go mm -hmm. here, and we'll go out for ice cream. And needless did I say, when I walked into Judgment House, I seen something I never knew. There's actually a heaven and a hell. See, people all learn differently. Some learn by seeing. Some learn by doing. Some can read and understand exactly what the scriptures say. Well, I'm one of those that learn by seeing. I just figured that out in school. Well, anyway, I went down there to, the, I, I almost missed the bus. I was, they, they waited at the end of the road. They wasn't going to leave. They kept calling Angie, is he ready yet? Is he ready yet? And then they invited me and we went. And when we went through this, I didn't get saved at Judgment House. My little boy, Austin, some of you know Austin. He comes up to me and he says, Daddy, what did we just see? I said, I have not a clue. But I am on finding out. How about you? Yeah. Since then, I was about probably a year later that I was from, from October to July is what it was. From October to July... Scotty got saved. Amen. He answered the call to <clears throat> preach. Hundreds of people have been saved since God saved me. Amen. You don't know who the next Billy Graham is going to be Amen. that you're going to go over and invite that child to church. If they don't have a way to come, you got to go get them. Yeah. It, whatever it takes, that's what he's called us to do. But the most important thing is to pray. Because we are nothing but an empty vessel without him leading us in the direction we need to go. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. He didn't know what he had just seen, but he was going to find more about it. Now, let me tell you, I'm sure you already know what happened. When he went through there, there were seeds planted. And it took from October to July for that seed to grow. 
but it grew. Now here's the thing, church. If you as a body of Christ will bring your loved ones and family and your acquaintances in that do not know Christ, we will, we will preach the gospel of Christ to them. And not only their present day can be changed, but also their eternities can be changed. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we worship you and we praise you. And we thank you for all that you do, Father. I just pray right now, Father, for everyone here. And Father, the, the, the loss that they know. We just worship you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.